Hello, today I'm speaking with Andrew Bruce Lockhart, director, producer, and always lover of cake from Seven Oaks. Cake! <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> now, Andy, uh, I first met when I met you when I applied to a producer role when you were looking for someone to help you out on your short film, Lucky Charm, back at the end of 2013. Now, it's been a while, and I've been fortunate enough to... It's been a while. Gosh. It has. Um, I've been fortunate enough to, you know, to get to work with you again on the feature film Fat Nav, and going He's back. Loving the merch, as the I, I, I have to, I have to show it. Now, going back to the beginning, um, what was your main driving factor for wanting to make that short film Lucky Charm? That's a good question. So, I used to be a photographer, um, and. I used to enjoy taking photographs and I remember someone saying oh you should make photographs that move and I'm like talking about film really aren't you kind of thing I'm like yeah but at the time I was script writing um and there was just a natural point where I was like I'm tired of just writing I want to do a bit more and people I'd spoken to had said you know one of the ways you can do a bit more is learn more about the business so I'm like, cool, okay. So I thought I'm, I'm going to direct. I like giving myself little, almost not impossible, but goals. Like I did my first acting this year. Uh, that was scary. But so that back then it was like, I'm going to direct this. And I had no idea what I was doing. I just was clueless. And I kind of Googled stuff and I was on stage 32 and all that kind of stuff, trying to feel my way around and go, what am I supposed to be doing? And I knew one of the things, well, I didn't know what a producer was at that point, let's be honest. I kind of thought producers, directors, and, you know, okay, I sort of know what they are. Um, and then somebody said, yeah, you need a producer, some websites, so I found you. And then you you found all, all the cast and, and the crew, which was, it was just an immense learning curve. And I was, I was very anxious. You may or may not know, but that first day I lost my voice. I yeah, I remember that, yeah. So you had this amazing line producer, I think she was in the end, Marina. Was she a line producer? I can't remember. She was taken on as, I think, a script coordinator or possibly just as a continuity person. And she was amazing. She just, she did everything. She's one of these people who just had boundless enthusiasm, and a bit like you, boundless enthusiasm, boundless energy. And it just made me think, wow. And it just inspired me and I thought you know what and I called myself a film director and every time I said I almost laughed and then people would introduce me and go yeah and your film director I'd be like yeah okay hi <laughs> it's kind of like okay but then it's very it's very easy to forget what that felt like and and like you're talking to me and you know, I talk to people who are doing their first time directing and stuff and try and help and offer assistance if I can and you have to remember what it felt like it's like you just don't have a Scooby a clue Scooby-Doo clue by the way is copy rhyming slang um you don't have a clue but so you have to surround yourself with people like you who kind of know what they're doing so that's what I wanted to do but also I remember the real reason I did that film is I I wanted to write a film that had no dialogue you may remember all the dialogue was basically ad-lib there was no dialogue Mm-hmm. So I, I wanted to start small. I wanted to write something that I didn't have to worry about dialogue because I didn't know if I was any good at it. But I wanted a storyline. And uh, that was the year that my mum died. And I remember sitting kind of in my room or at home and feeling excited about 
stuff, but feeling really sad about my mum. And that made me go, you know, the duality, which sounds a bit kind of like up my own bottom, but it's kind of like the duality having an existence where something's really sad and then other stuff's going on at the same time. And so the idea of that cricket game, there's that kid, it doesn't end well for him, but then there's a cricket game with the drunk guys swearing at the batsman and all the rest of it. So it's just that little kind of duality of it. And I just, I just like that idea. Because I was kind of going through it and I just thought, you know what, can I do that in film? And it's my first film. All I see now when I look at it is mistakes and errors and problems. But, you know, I think that's normal. It's it's definitely a, a learning curve. Your your first project's always always something that you look back on with a, a bit of a, a love-hate. Um, yeah, but, and it, but it is so such a learning curve. It's such a, particularly for a director. I remember we hired... Um, I don't know if we paid for it, I think we did. I think I had to join the cricket club to get the space. And we had a pavilion. And the pavilion had a fridge stroke freezer that on day day one, I remember being there with a knife trying to get ice out of the freezer so it would close and stop buzzing. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, d- d- director's work is glamorous. The things you learn. The things <laughs> Truly glamorous. For sure. <laughs> yeah, so... fridges. I'm not your friend. <laughs> <laughs> definitely not. Definitely not. Um, so what are you doing now? Uh, can you tell me about the some of the stage writing you've done, the other features that you've you've put together? Sure. So um, the stage writing is, you know, I mentioned the first film had no dialogue. So the second film I did had a little bit of dialogue, but it was very controlled. It was a quote from Shakespeare. And it was essentially somebody reading out a letter that I'd written. And it was filmed in a very sort of stylistic way. And it was minimal dialogue because I'm just trying to work on my confidence on writing dialogue. So the next one I did after that was two people dialogue. And so my stage stuff is a progression of that. So it's because dialogue, you can't, you can't hide dialogue on stage. It is all dialogue. So... Mm-hmm. That's the reason I started doing stage stuff, because I thought, well, that's just dialogue. I have to get over it. I have to kind of be able to do dialogue. So I started off with sort of monologues and then duologues. And then I think my latest one has got eight people in it. And it's it's practicing finding the voice and, and all that kind of stuff. And then obviously Fat Nav has got a cast of quite a few. But that I've been working on for 20 years. Yeah, I started writing that 20 years ago. You know, so even before I started looking at film or even wanting to be involved in the process of creating. So, so yeah, that's that theatre piece is called Skybridge, and it's about cannibalism at 58,000 feet. But that's got its own little life. I'm doing a TV pilot um, that I'm pitching around at the moment, and yeah, the features Fat Nav is still going, and then the God film is. Um, it's been released actually it's not had a big release but it's out there and that's the one that because I did a degree in theology and religious studies and education which is interesting combo I'm not religious at all but I love theology because it's kind of like filmmaking you looking at human existence I know it sounds a bit like you know again being a little pretentious but that's what film's about film for me and the writing I do is about exploring what I'm interested in so the god thing it's the only time I've used my degree ever since graduating, <laughs> um, the God thing is about exploring what it is to be human. What are all the big questions we have? And that's what my films tend to be about. My theatre tends to be about put a human in this position. What happens? 
Yeah. And sometimes I manage it and sometimes I don't. <laughs> it depends really. You, that that really that really brings me to my next point. Um mm. since I've known you, you you've put out so many pieces of of great work, whether it's it's writing, stage plays, films of of some That's kind. Of, I'll I'll pay you later, thank you. <laughs> no problem. I'll send no, it I, I appreciate the compliment, thank you. So with doing that in so many different mediums, how do you how do you balance them all? And how do you continue to get pro uh, projects completed? Um, I get bored very easily. So if I spend too much time on one thing, I get bored. It's like I read, I've got, I think I've got four books on the go at the moment, and I, I just jump between them. It kind of depends on my mood, how focused I am, how willingly engaged I am with the story. And it, I think it's the same with, with writing. And because I'm working with a, a writer who we want to do a, um, a tease of his horror. So that's interesting to me because I've never done horror. Yeah. And and it's for me, it's fascinating because he's so enthusiastic and it's just it's kind of, oh, this is amazing. And he keeps on emailing. So oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I was like, just stop saying sorry. It's all good. And it is. It's finding that enthusiasm for a project is what keeps me going. So whether, and like I mentioned earlier, that whole exploring what it is to be human and yeah. finding different ways to do that means that I can focus on five or six different things. Sometimes, you know, things fall aside and I lose interest or I'll be like, ah, and I'll come back to it. But I know, you know, I believe in whatever, like biorhythms, you know, where you have a sort of mood that goes like that. And I often do most of my writing when I'm on an up. Yeah. But I've also done some of my writing on a down. And... And I find that quite helpful to have different things in different stages, particularly writing, that reflect the mood I'm in. So if I'm in a foul, angry mood, I will write a foul, angry scene because it just is cathartic. You can kill people off. You can run them over. You can do whatever you want to do. It doesn't matter. And then if you're feeling happy, then you write a love scene. Or if you're feeling frustrated, you you put your characters who've been in a frustration scene and you write them. So I don't necessarily write in a linear form. I tend to write according to my mood, which sometimes means I don't feel right. I don't write at all, but I don't care. I'm If I'm doing my own project, it's fine. I'm just being like, whatever, I'll do something else. Yeah. Um, whereas I'm working with somebody else, it's slightly different because then it's like, well, I have to. But that's different because it's enthusiasm of doing something for somebody else. So I find quite rewarding. Yeah, 100%. I get that. Now, through all the experiences that you've had um, and how far you've come uh, since that first short to now, what is something that you wish you knew earlier on? I've distilled it down to about three lovely catchphrases. Are you ready? Because they are epic. <laughs> I, I am ready. I'm ready. Let's hear them. Stop thinking, start doing. That's my big one. Stop thinking, just get on with it. Stop chatting, stop going on Twitter, stop reading blogs, stop. Just get on with the doing. I wish I'd done that earlier. I wish. I'd had the confidence to go, I'm just going to try because at least at least you tried. It's like I said with the acting, I tried the acting. It's not for me, but but I tried it. 
yeah. I just got on with it. And my brother, who is an actor, was like, you're acting? And I was like, yeah. It was cool. What made you do that? I was like, I was bored. <laughs> Literally. That's why. So stop thinking, start doing. Just because you can doesn't mean you should. So if you're fixated on something, sometimes it's worth stepping away and going, yeah, hang on a minute. Am I doing this for the right reason? And then the last one is more an answer to your question is, I wish I knew the secret to doing all this is surrounding yourself with people who know what they're doing without thinking about it. And trusting, finding those people and knowing they're out there and sometimes they will work for nothing, like, like you did. And, and just realizing that there are so many talented people out there it's about finding the ones who you go, yeah, I'm going to trust you with this. Just go for it. And proving before, it's very difficult because you've got to look at actors, you've got to look at, you know, um, sound guys, you, you've got to look at all the above and below the line and say, do you know what you're doing? Are you going to be able to just come to me and go, this was a problem, but I've dealt with it. Mm. Which is what you want, isn't it? You don't want someone going, oh, why do I do that? It's like, kind of, that's your and I hate to say it, but that's your job. Please just come to me for a decision. If you can't decide whether you want blue or white, fine. But, you know, it's so I think it's that whole unconsciously competent people is what I think. As long as if I sort of thought about that earlier on, I think I think I was just desperate to get it done some stuff done and I was very lucky with you and I was very lucky with Maria and I was very lucky with some of the actors who were on that I think I had a really lucky start in that I found you randomly completely randomly and then you introduced people that were naturally competent without having to think about it so those are my three I, w I wish I'd found those three particularly that last one much earlier on because then I would have gone right I don't know what I'm doing, but that doesn't matter. I know you do, and you can do that for me. Yeah, I, I get that. I, it's, it's one of those things where you, you, you bring yourself to the right people, and you put yourself out there to them, and and yeah. humble yourself and say, I don't know everything, but I know this, and this is what I want to get done. Will you help me? Yeah. And, and I think that's that's one of the major parts. I know when I first started out, I did the same thing. When I interviewed my first cast and crew, I was honest to them all. I'm saying, I said, this is my first project, but I know that you are great at what you do. Yeah, exactly. Will, will you work with me to make this happen? Yeah, and it is, it's amazing when they say, yeah, and you go, I just think, wow, okay, I'm so flattered. And that first time when, if you've written it, that first time you hear somebody say you, the words you've written out loud is, is astonishing. And as a screenwriter, uh, from between, between me and me and people who are listening, I don't think enough screenwriters move on to a bit where they go, yeah, I want to hear my words out loud. They, they just want to be placed in a competition or they think, rightly or wrongly, um, again, hate me, but that's their final goal, is they almost want to relinquish, relinquish responsibility at that point and go, well, I've written that. Somebody else do something with it. I said, well, hang on, couldn't, couldn't you do something with that? Because it will, and the writer I'm working with at the moment, he's, he's, he's just, as I said, so enthusiastic. He's creating mood boards and shot lists. And it's like, hey, dude, you're doing my job, but, it, but it's fine. And he's kind of, because I said, look, as long as you realize that I may not 
take your shot list as you know or lookbook or, or whatever it is um storyboard as long as you realize that i may go with my own ideas and he goes oh no it's good because it's helping me as a writer mm. and i was like yeah completely and i wish more writers did i wish more writers went do what you do or do what i do do what he's doing take that step beyond just submitting it to a film festival and don't get me started on film festivals i don't have time but you know the the money and, and all that gatekeeping and all the rest of it is so fake you don't need to be engaged in that but that's what some writers do and i love working with writers who want to go beyond that and going to them and saying i read it i love it can we do something and you can, can they sort of go oh okay <laughs> which is great yeah and then you get into rewrites and all that kind of stuff which is interesting always fun those are always fun <laughs> but yeah and it is finding and you you learn pretty fast don't you having been a writer as well i am quite sensitive and having been a teacher as well giving feedback is always quite intense and i always say look just because you can give feedback doesn't mean necessarily know the best way to give it yeah um, but it is a collaborative thing isn't it and i think filmmaking is collaborative you imagine how stressful it would be if you're fighting someone on set every single moment i i can't imagine it's uh i've been very fortunate for almost all of the projects i've worked on that i've been surrounded by people who are open to collaboration open to suggestions and ideas and exactly. don't take don't take you know, criticism too too hard because it's not criticizing them as a person. It's criticizing to make something better. How can we make this the best project? Yeah, and, it, to put and out? exactly. Nobody likes criticism, do they? I mean, let's be honest. Nobody likes criticism, but it's finding the right way to kind of say, "Hey, actually." Rather than focusing on the criticism, you say, "Now that was great. How about we tweak this a little tiny bit? What What do you think?" And and if they're any good, and as you say, you've worked with a lot that are, and I have as well, then they're like, yeah, no, cool. Well, let's give that a go. That's fantastic. And you know, I have, as you do, worked with someone who's going, no, it's like, oh, okay, <laughs> that's interesting. And you got a little tick in your mind. You go, perhaps not next time. But you know, it's it, it is a, it's a world built on what's the word I want? Reputation. Yes. Yeah, that's very true. And the the world is uh is smaller than you might think in certain oh it's tiny and that's why you see you know when you do a brit flick or you see you know the the usual brit flick candidates doing their films together it's because they work together and they know each other and they trust each other and it in a way it's a bit of a closed circle and it's a bit like the strike strike at the moment it's all very insidious and all very much who you know and there's lots wrong with that but it's also how the film world works. You know, you're, it's all about sales. It's all about trusting people with money and going, all right, we've got this vehicle, it's worth X. You can carry that because I trust you. And it's how, for writers like me, you're just in the long grass and the filmmakers like me, you're really just in the long grass. It's how do you then move into the, the more trusted area? That's the difficulty. Yeah, yeah. Um... It's a it's a interesting network to uh, to navigate, um, interesting field to to sort out. Now, if there was if someone new came up to you today, what would be the the biggest piece of advice that that you could give them if they wanted to start out as a writer or a director? Have a go. 
Yeah. Just have a go. Stop. Stop thinking. Start doing. Just have a go. Yeah. And reach out. People are going to help you. You'll be surprised at how people are willing to give their time for a positive attitude. You know, be open and just, just have a go. That's my biggest advice. Yeah. That's amazing. Thanks so much, Andy. No now, worries. Thank you. Where can people find out more about you and some of your work? Don't the trendy kids go in the bottom in the link or whatever it is in my YouTube channel. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm on Sencake Films is the company that I'm a director of. Um, so that will be on Twitter, Insta, not on TikTok. Actually, I might have created a TikTok account last year. I think I put two videos on there, but it didn't make me laugh when you asked me. Um, yeah, uh, Sencake Films, sorry, sendcake.net is the, the website. Um, awesome. But otherwise, yeah, so that's that's me. Awesome. Well, Andy, thank you so much for being here today. Uh, you can check out more of Andy's work in the show notes below. And See, that concludes. You, you have to point uh, downwards or point, sideways or <laughs> whatever it is. Maybe below. And well, if you're listening, uh, they're below. <laughs> there you go. This is me, man. You okay, can, thank you, James. I appreciate it. Oh, no problem at all. And you can check out more of the Seven Seas podcast um, next on our next episode and online at Seven Seas P-R-O-D on Instagram and TikTok. So <laughs> thank you so I'll much. Get, I have to go follow you now, mate. I'm going to go follow you. Give it a follow and we will talk to you soon. Right, take care. Take care. Cheers. Bye.